0: hello everyone and welcome to words from abba a place where we look to reveal the father's heart so that you may be confident in who he is and what he has to say to and about you i am your host melissa Turnbull, but you can call me mel for short if you haven't already please feel free to like and follow us on instagram and facebook our handle is at words from abba all one word and all small caps and make sure to have a look at our website which is www.wordsfromabba.wixsite.com forward slash home Thank you for joining us today, and I hope you're blessed by today's episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome back. Welcome back. So we're continuing with the fruit of the spirit. Um, And last week, we were looking at the fruit of gentleness or kindness. And I think we're kind of almost halfway through, aren't we? So this week we're going to be looking at goodness. So what is goodness all about? And it's interesting, like good is one of those interesting words. Like we just kind of throw that word around. Oh my gosh, that's good. That's very good. Or, oh, actually, wait a minute. I don't think we throw that word around. Let me take that back. We throw the word great around. <laughs> but, oh, wait. But I think like maybe when you're like, if someone asks you, how's your day going? You're like, Oh, yeah, it's good. But I'm kind of thinking of Jesus. Do you remember when like somebody called him good teacher and he says to them, why are you calling me good? There's nobody who's good except for the father. So when I kind of thought of goodness, that was the verse that came into my head. And I was like, Jesus, it seems as if the goodness that you think of and the goodness that people think of, might be different things, isn't it? Like, when you think of good, I don't know, what do you guys think of? Um, for me, something good, it's something that's kind of nice, right? Like, something that's not evil. <laughs> it's a difficult word to kind of define. But when I think of goodness, I'm thinking of something that's not evil, something that's kind, something that's not going to hurt anybody, that that's a good thing. Even if you think of a good gift, it's something that brings some type of joy. But when I went to look at this word, goodness, it was interesting. So the Greek word for it is the word agathosune, agathosune, and it speaks of uprightness of heart and life. So it comes from the root word agathos, which means of good constitution or nature, and it also speaks about being useful. And some of the verses in the Bible that actually use the spirit Specific word, um, agathos or uh, yeah, agathos, which is the root word, um, verses like Matthew chapter 5, verse 45, which says that you may be the sons of your father who is in heaven, for he makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sends a rain on the just and on the unjust. So you kind of get that sense of like the upright and that non upright and then again in matthew chapter 7 verse 17 it says even so every good tree brings forth good fruit but a rotten tree brings forth evil fruit and verse 18 says a good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit so again um whenever you kind of reading those verses it's usually speaking about like things that are in a man's heart and then matthew 12 verse 35 uh good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things and an evil man out of the evil treasure in his heart brings forth evil things. Another interesting verse can be found in Matthew 9 verse 36 which speaks that now there was a job a certain disciple named Tabitha who by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and alms deeds which she did. So basically like she used to give to the poor. Um... And yeah there's just a whole lot of like verses which speaks of this word good um verse romans 2 verse 10 but glory honor and peace to every man that worketh good and it's still that same word agatha so that word like it encompasses quite a lot it encompasses quite a lot but when i was kind of thinking about it um when it comes to the fruit of the spirit it's not necessarily about how things looks, but it's about the heart right like I Think there was a verse that I found in Romans chapter 2 verse 7 which says that to those who by persistence in doing good seek glory honor and immortality He will give eternal life But for those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil there will be wrath and anger and it's interesting because last week at cell group or a few weeks ago at cell group now um we were kind of talking about motives and we were asking like do motives matter when it comes to God or like does your heart really matter when it comes to God or is it all about the deeds that you're doing and we read in James I think James chapter 4 where it speaks about you know you're praying and you're asking for things but you're not getting them and you're not getting them because when you're asking you've got the wrong motives you ask so that you can fulfill your own desires um and basically it goes on to say like submit yourself to God flee from the devil and all of that um good stuff So when I was kind of thinking about goodness, this agathosune word, agathos, that it's not about how the things look, especially when I read this verse, came across this verse in Romans chapter two, verse 17, like how it speaks about those who in doing good, seek glory, honor, and immortality. He will give eternal life but for those who are seeking who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil there will be wrath and anger it might be worth it like maybe to read a few verses before that let's go to romans chapter oh we were in romans chapter 2 last week actually when we're speaking about kindness So, read from verse 1. It says, You therefore have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else. For at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself, because you who pass judgment do the same things. Now, we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. So, when you, a mere human being, pass judgment on them, and yet you do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead? there will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace for everyone who does good, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. For God does not show favoritism. Now, I find this interesting, right? Um, in that, I find it interesting in that um, when you read it, at face value it seems as if god is saying that i'm going to judge what you've done because wait let me kind of let me see what it says in a different version which where's my bible so we were looking at romans chapter two oh, sorry i'm just going to quickly flip to it um i'm going to look in the new living translation at, at the moment i don't know if you can hear the flips but it's there um so it's Romans chapter two verse six. He will judge everyone according to what they have done. He will give eternal life to those who keep on doing good, seeking after the glory, honor and the glory and honor and immortality that God offers, but he will pour out his anger and wrath on those who live for themselves, who refuse to obey the truth, and instead live lives of wickedness. When I read this, like especially in the NIV, which is the first version that I verse that I read it really sounds like God is just going to be looking at your works, right? Like that it's what you're doing. But again, this is at face value, right? When I thought about it a bit further, that's where I got that statement to say that it's not just about the way that it looks. It's more about the heart. Because let's go back. Let's even read it in the, ver- in the original verse that I read, which was in the NIV, And I might go to the NKJV just to see what it says as well. Um, Let's go to the NKJV first. Because I I, I hear that the King James Version, which has got all the thous and Thouists and all that good stuff, that is the most um, accurate translation of the Bible. So if I go to the King James Version, it says, verse 6, Who will render to every man according to... So, but after their hardness and impertinent hearts... Treasurest up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God who renders to every man according to his deeds to them who by patient continuance and well-doing seek for glory, honor and immortality, eternal life. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness indignation and wrath, tribulation. Okay, this is hard to read. (laughs) Let's try the New King James Version and see what we come up with. So it says, or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance, but in accordance with your hardness and your impertinent heart? Oh, sorry. I just I just kind of saw this. I hadn't seen this when I when I was going to see what I was going to say, because like, like I said, I was just going to literally go in and like kind of do the um scriptural interpretation that I kind of did by myself or not by myself with, with the Holy spirit, but like the scripture and like, just like looking at the scripture and just thinking about it and mulling over it and marinating in it. But there, like it literally says heart. I literally had not clocked that until this very moment. But anyway, what I wanted to look at was verse six. It says who will render to each. So, who will render to each one according to his deeds eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing good seek for glory, honor, and immortality. But to those who are self seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, and tribulation and anguish on every soul of man who does evil. So at first look of it like you would think that seeking glory, honor, and immortality is being self seeking. And like almost like there's a there's a there's a way that would look good to us, right? Like somebody might do something, but is, it's possible for them to do an act that looks good in our eyes, but they're actually being self-seeking. They, they are not obeying the truth, but they're obeying unrighteousness, even though in our eyes, it might look like they're doing the right thing, but it's their heart. Like here, the word of God says impertinence of heart because of their hearts. Let me go to the um, NIV verse 5. But because of your stubbornness and unrepentant heart you're stirring up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath when his righteousness will be revealed. God will repay each person according to what they have done to those who by persistence in doing good seek glory honor and immortality. And there where is the only place where you're going to find glory honor and immortality? It's only in Christ. Right? Like Without him, like John 3, verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. So the only place to gain immortality is in Christ. So here, even though when you read it at face value, you would think but you're seeking glory, honor, and immortality isn't that bad. But you need to read the whole Bible in context and in, the, and in light of the whole as well. So here, we know that the only place that you can get immortality is in Christ everything else like because jesus is the way the truth and the life without him there is no life like even though you might be living there's no life like when it comes to eternal life it's there's one way and that is through jesus christ and there, he's saying that there are those whose hearts uh, their persistence in doing good, not because they're seeking their own glory, but they're seeking glory, the glory of God. They're seeking the honor of God and they're seeking immortality in God. He's saying that he will give them eternal life. But those who are self seeking their hearts. So you might even look, imagine that, that there's people out there, and I think Paul actually even spoke about it, that there's people who used to, back in the day, who used to preach the word of God in a way that they were trying to, um, discredit paul so they were they were preaching god's word with wrong motives and paul was like you know what either way i rejoice because christ is being preached right and with this verse here when i read this i was just like god like this is it isn't about how things look it has to be about more and then the holy spirit kind of led me to um it Reminded me of the scripture, and I just I remembered like a vaguely a scripture where it speaks about God measuring the hearts of men. So I did what any other um, nineteen ninety Gen Gen Zer millennial, whatever it is, what we do. I went to Google and typed in verse that speaks <laughs> that speaks of um, God measuring the hearts of men, because I don't always remember exactly where scripture is, but. Um, j- The verses in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9. So I'm going to read from verse 9 because it's interesting. It says, The heart of men is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? verse 10 so now this is the Lord replying he says I the Lord exam, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct according to what their deeds deserve so where for us we only measure goodness based on what we are seeing with God he goes a step further because he says what you're doing might look good but when I look at your heart your motives are all wrong your motives are not based in righteousness they're not based in the pursuit of me rather your your motives are, pu- are, are, are based in the pursuit of your own glory I, I don't know if you will remember i think it was simon the magician right he saw what the other people were like the disciples were doing and how they were healing people and he sought that the glory that they were not he sought the glory that he thought they had for himself. He didn't realize that the glory was going to God. So what he did, I think it was Simon the Magician. He went to the disciples and asked to buy the power. He asked to purchase it because his heart was seeking that validation for himself. And even if you think of Ananias and Sapphira, right? So for them, they were seeking validation or they were self-seeking and that they wanted to be known as people who gave, right? So what they did is they sold land, a piece of land that they had. They brought a portion of the proceeds and they lied and said that they'd brought the full thing. And I think it was Peter by the Holy Ghost discerned that they were lying. And he says to them, what caused you to do such an evil thing that you would lie to the Holy Spirit? And Ananias first died because Ananias came first and. Peter asked him, is this everything? And he was like, yeah, 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 it is. And Peter was like, why would you lie? And he fell dead because he's like, you've lied in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And he fell dead. And then his wife came a few minutes later and Peter asked him the same uh, asked her the same question. And she said, yes, um, that's everything that we sold. That's w- we didn't keep anything for ourselves. And again, he was like, why would you lie? Why would you do such a thing? in the presence of god and he was like see the people who've just taken your husband out who's just died they're just at the door and you're about to follow them like this thing is serious like the heart your heart has to be right with god and i think particularly this year that's something that holy spirit has really been um impressing on my heart and we've always said it from the beginning that with god don't hide anything don't it's, it's not worth it it's better for you to be true about your true motives and why you want something and why you're pursuing something to be honest with yourself and don't even be ashamed of it like god knows here he says that the heart of man is deceitful above all else and that that's actually a nicer verse to be honest i the new king james version i think kind of says it in a more way Oh, I didn't know this verse was here. I'm going to read this verse as well because I think it will tie here. It says, Jeremiah 17, verse 5. It says, Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord, for he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see good. When good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land which is not inhabited. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spreads out its roots by the river. And will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. And he says the heart is deceitful about all things. And desperately wicked. Imagine that. Your heart is desperately wicked. And why I got excited and I said, Oh, I didn't realize this verse was here. Because I was just think. I thought about that verse which says that cursed is the, is the man whose, tr- whose trust is in man. Whose trust, who trusts man. Because God is literally telling you that the heart of man is deceitfully wicked. But you're choosing to, tr- that's the heart you're choosing to trust. So even within yourself, if you trust in yourself, it's like you're, you're, You're literally drawing a curse onto yourself when you trust wholly and completely in yourself. Like the word of God says that lean not on your own understanding. Don't lean on you because you can even disappoint you. You've got the capacity within you to disappoint yourself. You've got the capacity within you to not meet your own expectation. That sounds weird, but it's true. And even when it comes to righteousness, you've got the capacity within yourself to not meet the expectations that you have for yourself. So like like I said at the beginning of this... um yeah, I think I said it. At, no, I didn't. I said it last week in last week's episode that the good things that you know you ought to do, you don't do them. And the bad things that you don't want to do, you do do them. And how Paul was talking about, it's sin within me that's doing these things. So you've got that capacity within you because we are created in sin. We're like, man is of a sinful nature. Our, that's just what it is. But when we, we become born again crisis that behold you're now a new creation you're something brand new that has never existed before and he begins to work this fruit of goodness in you this uprightness so that it's not an uprightness that is wholly and fully centered on you because you are not good That's why Christ Christ Jesus said it. He said, no one but God is good. And so what we have is an imputed righteousness. We are the righteousness of God through Christ. Through Christ. And it's not in and of yourself. I might actually go and read that verse because it's just really ringing in my heart. So it's Romans chapter 3 verse um, 21. It says, but now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed. Right? Oh, Jesus! Sorry, I'm getting excited. Like, remember, with Romans, a lot of it was Paul kind of trying to talk about um, how we're made righteous, like the law versus the spirit kind of thing. So, I think just before this he kind of speaks speaks about how everybody has sinned and how like the law was brought and all that good stuff and he says but now this age we're living in the righteousness of god apart from the law is revealed being witnessed by the law and the prophets so it's he's like saying that there's a righteousness that comes from God, which is not rooted in the law because the law showed you how to be righteous. But this is the thing with the law. You couldn't break a single commandment. And I'm not talking about the Ten Commandments. Like I think we've spoken about this somewhere else, that there were more than Ten Commandments for you to be righteous, for you to be upright of heart, for you to, to be agathos. Agath- <laughs> I should really start trying to say this. For you to be, to have that um, agathos name. Yeah we yeah we go. Augustus. And uh, not Ag- Augustus. Agathos. There we go. And um, for you to have that, you had to obey every single law. Like not one could be broken. If you broke one, you broke the you were unrighteous. Like that's why they had to continuously go and make sacrifices like you should go read like I think it's probably I'd say maybe from Exodus up until uh, let's go maybe Leviticus Numbers that's about the law we only think that the law is just in Exodus nope Leviticus Deuteronomy as well so Exodus Leviticus Deuteronomy Numbers I'm not 100% sure because I haven't really read that (laughs) one but that's the law the book of the law when you think about the law I think the law if I remember correctly and um in the in the in the Jewish Bible, it should be Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Deuteronomy and Leviticus. I think that forms the law. So you had to obey everything in that. That was the law. If you broke one, you were unrighteous. And now Paul is here saying, but now the righteousness of God, apart from the law is revealed. And the law itself is witnessing it. Like, And we know when you witness, if, you, if you've ever witnessed a document, it's like you're signing and attesting that whatever is being said is true. So basically the law. Woo, oh my gosh, I am getting excited. I'm so sorry. Wow. Oh, oh my gosh. I'm sorry. I'm getting excited. And I want to kind of text one of my uncles because... This is something he's passionate about. I think when I finish recording, I'm going to text him and say, I understood this. I'm going to probably give him a call and just tell him, I understood this. Well, yeah. Oh, my gosh. But anyway, it's being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Because the Old Testament, it spoke about. And what is it witnessing? It's witnessing that there's a righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and all on all who believe for there is no difference for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, that he might be just and be the justifier of the one who has faith in Christ. So there's a lot of big words uh, that were said in that verse. So I might just um, switch to my new living translation. So again, it was Romans chapter 3 verse from verse 21. So this is what it says in the Living Translation. Hopefully it will come out a bit clearer for us. So it says this, but now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law as was promised in the writing of Moses and the prophets long ago. So that's what it was speaking about. About the, It was witnessed by the law and the prophets. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Christ Jesus. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned and we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God freely and graciously declares that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sin. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness for he himself is fair and just and he declares sinners to be right in his sight, when they believe in Jesus. That's the goodness that's being spoken of there. It's an imputed goodness. It's an imputed righteousness. It's not that you are good because you're ticking boxes. You're good because you're believing in his son. I think it's in John, which speaks about what is the work? What's the work that, um, What is the work of God? The work of God is this the work of God is this to believe in the one He sent. This is John 6, verse 29, New Living Translation. Jesus told them, This is the only work God wants from you believe in the one He has sent. English translation, English standard version, this is the work of God that you believe in whom he has sent. New King James Version, this is the work of God that you believe in him who he has sent. King James Bible, this is the work of God that you believe on whom he hath sent. Like that's all. That's how you become righteous. Righteousness is not achieved because you know how to do good good works. Mm Mm-mm. If you want to be of an upright heart, believe in the one He sent. Because when you begin to believe in Christ, the Word of God speaks about you being seated in heavenly places in Christ. And so, when God is looking at you, He doesn't see you in all your sin, in all your mess, in all your wahala. What He says is, is His obedient Son, who was obedient even to the point of death. And when He sees that, He that's why we you know with the old Christians, they were called Christians. It was like a mocking term because they were Christ-like. They walked like Jesus. They talked like Jesus. Even if you remember. Peter when he went to go see Jesus at trial. One of the ladies said to him, "You, you sound like somebody who walked with this Galilean. You sound like this somebody who walked with this Nazarene guy. You sound like him. Like when you are in Christ, He begins to work in you. Like it's so freeing to know that because I know I I I can't reach it. The Word of God clearly clearly said it in um in the verse that we just read there in Romans that. All have fallen short of God's glorious standard. Now imagine if the onus was on me to reach that standard and to be righteous in and of my own strength. We would be living way back in the Old Testament. Of which the Old Testament, it was a shadow of the good things to come. There's a reason why it's called the good news. The good news is this. You no longer have to keep the letter of the law. Now your work is to believe in the one he said. Your work is to allow the Holy Spirit to work in in you so that you can begin to produce the fruit of the spirit which back in the day it it wasn't enough because when you read paul when he's speaking about the old and new testament he's saying that if the old one was enough then there wouldn't have been any need for a new one. And even, like, the, when you read this, that portion of Scripture, it's so interesting because it's like, you know, do you know the New Testament is older than the Old Testament? The Word of God literally says that. and it, But then it's like there's a dermication of it that Abraham was kind of living before the law because the old testament is from when the law was given up until up until a certain point right but abraham he lived before the law he was like in this new covenant that we're in the new covenant which is older but that old covenant that we had the old testament it was a shadow of the good things to come what was the shadow the shadow was that they had to be a sacrifice whenever somebody is dead sinned they had to be blood that was shed There had to be something and life had to be give given for for you to be made righteous but wha- what's the good news the good news is that jesus did it once for all so that when you believe in him you become the righteousness of god that's your work what you need to do is to believe And this is the thing: believe isn't just oh yeah, I believe. But when you when you really believe something, there's evidence of it. That's why James goes and says, "Faith without deeds is dead." When you've got faith, deeds follow. You can't just have faith without the deeds, and you can't just have the deeds without the faith. They have to go hand in hand. He says, "Show me your faith, and I will show you faith through deeds." Like it's all connected. So, whew, sorry, I, I don't know where that came from, but with God, I was just being excited. But when it comes to the righteousness and the good and the upright and the goodness that the word of God is speaking there, it's that righteousness that comes only from being with Christ. You cannot get it aside from him. You cannot get it away from him. You cannot get it off your own. It's not something you can buy. It's not something that you can will into existence but rather like we we learn in the in the book of philippians it says it for it is god who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purposes it's god who actually literally works in you he gives you the desires of your heart and that verse is not in the way i don't think it's in the way that we think of it that i want this so god gives it to me no the the, the things that you are going to desire god will give it to you because if you think about it back when i wasn't saved the things i used to desire i used to desire desire to go out all the time I used to desire to go out and party have fun do this da, 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 da but then when I became a Christian I didn't really desire those things anymore I stopped desiring that I'm perfectly happy staying at my in my house listening to worship music for four, four hours while I'm cleaning my house that's like peaceful and bliss to me and if I'm thinking like oh do I want to go you know out with my friends or even go like for a dinner I'm like ah oh, it's too much work like he's the, it's him who works in me to will and to act in order to to fulfill his good purposes so i'm just gonna pray at this point because i don't think i've got anything left to say father god i thank you that even throughout this whole series we are learning that this walk it's not in power it's not in might but it's only through your spirit it's not by might it's not by power it's only through you holy spirit and so god I pray that if there's any place, Father God, where we are relying in our own strength, where we're acting as though we're under the old covenant, Father God, where we have to um, obey the letter of the law, God, may you show it to us because you've given us the good news. There's a better covenant, one where all we need to do is believe in the one you sent, Father God. I pray, Father God, for every Christian who is listening to this message, may you help them, Father God, to fully believe in you, to fully trust in you and believe in the finished work of the cross, the Cross that way you finished everything, Father, so that they so that we can become effective Christians, so that we can become effective men and women of God, so we can become effective children of God. I thank you, God, that we're not righteous within our own strength. We've fallen short time and time again. But Jesus, you were the one who was worthy to open the seal. You are the one who is worthy to die for our sins. Thank you for purchasing us at a price and I thank you that we are righteous. We have righteousness because of what you did. We fully partake of that. We rest in your love and we rest in what you did for us. We thank you Jesus that you bought us at a price that we're no longer slaves to sin but now we're now sons of the most high God. We just give you all the glory and all the honor. It's in Jesus name we pray. Amen. You may be listening right now, and in your heart of hearts, you know your relationship with God is not where it should be. You've fallen away somehow, simply because of life. Or it may be the case that you've never had a relationship with the Father, and as you listen to a podcast, you're feeling a tugging in your heart, and you would like to have a deep and intimate relationship with God. If any of these scenarios apply to you, I invite you to say this prayer after me. Father in heaven... I thank you. I thank you for loving me. Thank you for calling me to be in a loving relationship with you. I confess that I am a sinner and I cannot save myself. I thank you Father that you sent your one and only Son to die for me so that I can be saved. Jesus Christ, I believe that you are the Son of God and that you died and rose again for me. I turn away from my sins and invite you into my heart as my personal Lord and Savior. I commit my life to you and I ask you to send the Holy Spirit into my life to guide me and help me do your will. Thank you for your love and your grace that has saved me. It's in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that I pray, Amen. If you've said that prayer and you believed it in your heart, I want to welcome you to the family of God. The word of God in Romans chapter 10 verses 9 to 10 says that if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Congratulations on deciding to walk with God. I can tell you from experience that it's such an exciting journey to traverse through life with him and that there's so much rejoicing in heaven right now over the decision you've made. I really encourage you to buy a Bible or download the Bible app on your phone and just start to read the Bible every day, even if it's a verse a day, just so you can learn to hear the voice of God and that your faith may be increased. I also encourage you to join a local Bible-believing church so that you can fellowship with other Christians and make sure to tell somebody of the decision that you've made. I would also absolutely love it if you reached out to us on Instagram or on Facebook or even send us a voice message on anchor.fm to tell us of your decision to follow Christ. We would absolutely love to walk this journey with you and to connect with you and to grow with you as we travel this life together as children of God. Once again, I want to say thank you for joining us here on Words from Abba. And remember that this is a place where we look to reveal the Father's heart so that you may be confident in who He is and what He has to say to and about you. We'll see you again in the next episode.